Hello, thank you for downloading this latest edition of Table Scraps. I'm your host, Evan Gigline. Well, change was the word he used during his campaign. President Obama has certainly fulfilled that promise of change. Uh, he's made many changes in his first few months as President of the United States of America. The most recent change uh, is uh, lifting the ban on embryonic stem cell research as uh, put in place by uh, his predecessor, President George Bush. And uh, this is, has become the outcry of, of many pro-lifers, and rightly so. I'm joined with a guest we've had on before uh, to talk about abortion, but I've asked him to come back uh, to talk about this recent news break. Uh, he's the Secretary of National Pro-Life Religious Council and President of Northern Virginia Lutherans for Life and author of the book, A Love for Life, Christianity's Consistent, protection of the unborn. Dennis Damaro, thank you for being back on the program. Well, thank you for having me. Well, give us the lowdown on this uh, this news break of, of what uh, ha- what this decision has, all, what all it entails from President Obama, and what the repercussions will be. President Obama promised before he was elected he was going to reverse the stem cell policy of George Bush. <clears throat> that stem cell policy was kind of a compromise effort, and what it did uh, the Bush plan allowed certain stem cell lines, I think it ended up being around 21 stem cell lines, to be used uh, for uh, experiments, for medical breakthroughs, hopefully, that would come from these embryonic stem cells. The advantage of the embryonic stem cell is that it has the ability to morph into any type of uh, cell. And uh, so it's, it's uh, I guess, what they call a pluripotent cell, and that that cell uh, can then become a bone cell or a skin cell or other cells. So it's very uh, useful in the, the, the uh, respect that it can um, be used for various cures. Now, of course, the problem is, is that to get that stem cell, uh, kill a living human embryo, and that's obviously where the moral issue occurs. So President Bush was about this and decided that only for those uh, lines that already existed would he okay the uh, federal funding of experimentation on those lines so other embryos would not be created and killed. Now, President Obama has recently, or just I guess the other day, uh, reversed this policy, and he's left it very open-ended. Uh, he uh, Obviously, he's delayed somewhat um, from announcing this for a couple of weeks, and uh, I don't know what was accomplished in those two weeks because it seems that he's left a decision on how this is going to work to uh, the NIH here in Washington, D.C. So uh, they're going to make the determination on how this is going to proceed. Most people expected that it would be that only embryos which had been created for in vitro fertilization and were going to be disposed of would be used to create these stem cell lines which then uh, the federal funding money would go towards. But uh, the president decided to leave that open and not limit it to these uh, uh, embryos that are going to be disposed of, and uh, he's opened it to the possibility of other lines, uh, other created stem cell lines. So um, that's not good, because what that might do is might allow um, the uh, medical community to purposely create new lines uh, thereby creating uh, life or in, in, in vitro, and then uh, and then of course killing it in order to uh, have uh, scientific breakthroughs, which of course there's not been any yet. <laughs> so uh, it's 
it's quite a uh, it's quite a moral dilemma, and it's very sad. You mentioned the ability for the stem cells uh, to kind of morph into any kind of cell. Does that place it as a as a better uh, use for uh, the stem cell above uh, using other kind of uh, cells in the, in this case? Well, the, uh, yes, that is uh, the ability of these cells to uh, be used in cures for various other types of cells around the body is uh, unlimited because these early cells then turn into these other types of cells, so they have that ability. Now, one of the things that uh, has recently been done is that uh, I just read that there was an article in the um, journal Nature, which talks about the possibility of taking other types of stem cells, that is, adult stem cells that can be found in the body, and inducing them to become uh, a stem cell that is very much like an embryonic stem cell, and they call it an induced pluripotent stem cell. Um, and the beauty of that is that essentially what the scientists do is they trick the stem cell into acting uh, through its DNA to act like a uh, original embryonic stem cell. And obviously the, the benefit of that is embryos do not need to be created and then killed for these types of stem cell lines to be created, and therefore uh, we don't have the moral issue that we had before. Uh, was this an expected move by President Obama, or were you surprised by this move? It was expected. Uh, he announced that he was going to reverse it on the campaign trail, and so I thought actually he would be announcing it a little bit earlier, but uh, he delayed uh, that announcement and uh, for a couple weeks. And uh, But uh, unfortunately, it's, it's the same thing that we expected, probably worse, because I think everyone expected that it would be limited to the uh, disposal of, of embryos that had been used in in vitro. There's been divided reactions to this move, uh, from divided from scientists and researchers, and then also uh, kind of the, the religious communities. Uh, let's take the religious communities first. What's been the, the biggest reaction to this move from the religious communities? Well, I mean, if you're talking about the pro-life religious community in the United States, it's been typical of kind of the anti-abortion uh, views of those groups. Those groups see life as precious and as given to us as a gift from God. They start at the moment of conception, and therefore we want to protect life from the moment of conception, and that includes these embryos, which uh, are now being used for scientific experiments. So if God creates life from the moment of conception and it's a precious gift from Him, we need to protect it, even uh, if it's very, very small. Okay, and then... Now, I guess from the, and then for the scientific community... Uh, I've not read too much that was uh, negative from the scientific community. Most of them are very uh, happy about this uh, because it does not pose, it gives them extra funding for these experiments which were being done on uh, the embryonic stem cells. Before, uh, they would only be able to receive funding on adult stem cell research, which of course is as uh, a larger area of stem cell research and is come up with a number of cures, and also embryonic stem cells that come from the existing 21 lines. So, uh, uh, but now uh, their horizons are even more, so there's more funding out there. So it seems like most of them have been uh, quite positive on Obama's move. Okay, when you talk to people about uh, embryonic stem cell research, uh, what, what are some of the major oppositions you encounter uh, when talking about embryonic stem cell research? Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is that... Uh, the problem and why it's so difficult to fight is that everyone wants the cure. Everyone wants uh, their loved ones to be saved by these types of 
of cures. And um, so the intentions of some of these people who are doing this embryonic research is obviously uh, they have good intentions. Uh, they're trying to save lives. They're trying to start cures, and uh, they're working very hard to do that. Unfortunately, I don't think they have the right moral compass where they're not realizing where the limits of their experimentation should be. And I also think another problem is that for some reason, this is being very, very pushed by the community on the left, and I think it's totally related to the abortion debate. That is, somehow they see this linked to the uh, abortion debate, and they want to uh, stop this idea that life is created from the moment of conception. And I think this is part of it. I can't see any other way out of it, because there have been no cures that I've heard of that have come from the uh, embryonic stem cell experimentation. And in fact, there have been many cures that have been created by the adult stem cell experimentation. And also, as I mentioned before, there has been this creation of pluripotent cells by using adult stem cells and uh, tricking them, as we were talking about, these induced pluripotent stem cells, which are now possible to make. So I guess what I'm saying is that if we can create stem cells ethically that we can use that are just like embryonic stem cells, and we can use adult stem cells, which are ethical to use, why is there this large push for embryonic stem cells? And I think there are two reasons for that. The first is is that these uh, induced pluripotent stem cells are just at their beginnings and are not able to be uh, created completely yet. There's no uh, set procedure to do this. It's just been some experiments that have been done that show to them to be very promising. So uh, they're saying, well, it's not available yet, so we need to use the embryonic stem cells. But I think more than that, more than that, there's just this attitude that st somehow we need to push these uh, embryonic stem cells in order to uh, defeat the pro-life side. I can't see any other way out of it because, uh, like I said, the embryonic stem cell experimentations have not been that successful. And really, I don't think they're a great, very well-placed use of the uh, American dollar, even without the uh, ethical issues. So uh, it's, it's uh, once again, science is, is buried in politics and uh and uh, this is this is what we see it today. And I th I find that is the great irony because uh, some of the articles that I read talking about the scientific uh, community rejoicing at the decision, you know, we're removing politics from science. We can finally do the research we wanted to without uh, political yes, strings take out attached. The ideology, as they say. Right, yeah. exactly. But yet, uh, w when you get down to the science of it, the embryonic stem cell research is less successful than uh, adult uh, stem cell research, and yet they still seem to have an agenda. Yeah, there is the, the ideology is, I don't think, with the pro-life side. I think it's obviously on the left. They're pushing this for some reason, and I, 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 it seems to be clearly linked to the, uh, the pro-choice agenda. Well, you started to talk about it earlier, but, but uh, please elaborate more on, on what, what all you think this decision could lead to in the near to far future. Well, it matters how the NIH is going to uh, deal with this. Um, let's take the uh, least destructive, which is still uh, highly uh, unethical. That is the use of these embryos created in in vitro fertilization to create stem cell lines. If that is the case, then we'll be taking these. What happens, of course, in in vitro fertilization is usually uh, a number of embryos are created uh, through the use of, of a woman's eggs fertilized usually by the husband. And so what happens is all these embryos are created, and only so many can be implanted. 
uh, or are usually implanted. So what will happen is, for instance, they'll decide, they'll take a look at the embryos, decide which ones will be most successful. They'll either freeze or dispose of the ones that they can't use. They'll implant those into the woman. Hopefully a few will uh, take, she'll have uh, children, she'll conceive and have children. Uh, but then there's going to be a number of embryos that are going to be left over, which, of course, she could use later if she chooses to have other children uh, implanted in the same way. So those embryos could be, uh, I guess, thawed and then uh, implanted in her so that she would be pregnant again. But a lot of times, of course, the women don't want to have other uh, pregnancies. Or a lot of times I've heard people aren't even aware that there are additional embryos that have been created uh, from the egg and sperm and are left into these in these frozen um places where they keep the, um, these, these uh, embryos, these frozen embryos. So, uh, but if that happens, then at least it will be linked, linked to these uh, embryos that sadly will be, would have been disposed of anyway. Um, and that, you know, we, we can go down that road and talk about the ethics of, of in vitro and the, the problems it causes, but that's where that's going to be if it's limited to the disposal, those disposed embryos which would be disposed of. Now, um, however, the president seems to be of the opinion that we shouldn't limit it to that. That is, we should open it up to the possibility of using other uh, embryos, which will probably be created by um, biotech companies. So in that situation, we're going to see a, a, a larger market of embryos being created, what, what pro-life groups sometimes call embryo farms. Okay, And what, what this is going to be is that the biotech company decides that it needs to create its own stem cell lines away from, uh, uh, separately from the frozen embryos that are created from in vitro. Uh, and in that situation, then, women are going to be uh, enticed with money uh, to donate their eggs. You know, you, you already have these advertisements you can see in the paper, you know, get $6,000 by donating your eggs. Well, this will make it even worse. And in this situation, it'll be used to create stem cell lines. They'll They'll simply take that, those eggs, create an embryo with, with a, from a sperm donor, and then create uh, embryo lines. That's what I think pro-lifers are fearing now. I mean, we've already, unfortunately, lost the battle of the disposal of these uh, living uh, human embryos uh, that would, are going to be disposed after in vitro. Now we're trying to stop this from escalating, and they're becoming an entire cottage industry in the creation of stem cell lines for, uh, for the use of uh, you know, scientific uh, discoveries and for health reasons. So uh, we could have a situation where we're going to see much, many more lines being created, uh, enticing women to give up their eggs, which is going to be highly unethical uh, and can expose them with the possibility of infertility later in their lives and also uh, create these human beings simply for the reason of performing scientific experiments uh, from them, which, of course, will kill them. One thing that I find just very surprising, I, I don't know if surprising is the right word, but you know, the, the radical change, you know, of course, that was when I started the, this interview off with, you know, change was the word of the, of the campaign, and he certainly lived up to that. You know, we see this radical change. But uh, isn't it interesting how when we see this radical change, it seems to be going the wrong way? If there's going to be radical change, you would think it would be uh, for the purpose of, of life. Between s- slow moves or, 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 or fast changes, I would think that, that fast changes would be for life and slow, slower processes would be towards abortion. But it seems to be the other way around. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, 
I think you kind of hit it. You know, you you would think that people would hesitate on these things. You know, these are these are definitely some huge uh, decisions that we're making about human life and the way we're dealing with it. You would think people would say, "Well, wait a second, let's sit back and let's look at this." You know, what would be the value? First of all, you know, you take the whole uh, abortion issue. You know, we've already gone down that road. 1.2 million abortions every year. It's led to other things that um, have also been of questionable morality, with the whole issue of the extra uh, embryos and in vitro, the whole issue of stem cell research, creating embryos just to kill them for scientific experiments. You know, these idea, even in the future, that some people are talking about of the possibility of growing organs. Um, you know, I don't know how they will be grown uh, without uh, the use of embryos at this point. So I, I guess the question is, is that, you know, as we move to this, uh, this uh, kind of a frightening uh, future world where human life is simply being used as something that's disposable in order to help the lives of those of us who are already uh, born, um, we would think that there would be a little bit of a pause, uh, you know, a little bit of a fear. Hey, this is a strange new world we're working in. This is a pl- place we're moving to. Maybe we need to do a little caution. Doesn't seem like there's being any caution at all, especially with the Obama administration with this whole uh, stem cell uh, thing. It's left totally open. I'm leaving it totally to the scientists to decide these things. Is that how we should make policy as a country? Leaving it to one group of people to make the decisions that affect uh, the humanity of the world? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I think we need to get everyone involved, ethicists, uh, religious people, uh, the church, uh, the scientific community, everyone involved in trying to decide what's, what's best for uh, the way we want to live as, as moral human beings. And, uh, but there doesn't seem to be there much pause, unfortunately. Right, and just just following up what you just said, you know, just reading an article by the Associated Press and uh, the Family Research Council, uh, or the president of the Family Research Council, Tony Perkins, said that the action by the president today uh, or yesterday, uh, in effect, allows scientists to create their own guidelines without proper moral restraints. Is that what this does? Oh, I think he's absolutely right. You know, it's kind of uh, and and you know how convenient is it for President Obama? Oh. You know, politics is not going to get in the way of science. So I'm just going to let the scientists do whatever they want. Oh, that makes it easy for him, right? right. He doesn't have to take any heat at all. Uh, you got these poor scientists at NIH now. They're going to decide what's ethical and what's not. How do you like that job? And so uh, now they're going to be able to decide what, how this is supposed to be done and how it's supposed to be done ethically. Well, I, I don't really think that's their job. Uh, they need to be uh, scientists and do things, but they also need to be guided uh, by the president, who should be a moral leader of the country. He shouldn't be some guy who just stands up and says, you know what, that's not my business to think about right and wrong. I'm just the president. You know, give me a break. Yeah, that's, so a, needs- that's above his pay grade. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's above his pay grade. Well, well, I'm sorry. You're now the president of the United States. People look up to you, and you need to help some responsibility and make moral decisions. And uh, I think this is just completely unacceptable. So. Uh, why we have you on the line, Dennis? Why don't you update us? Last time we talked uh, was uh, before uh, before the inauguration, and we were talking about the uh, Freedom of Choice Act. Any news on that? I heard some rumblings that uh, the Freedom of Choice Act uh, is maybe introduced with another name, a little bit more watered down. I forget who the the uh, the Congress people I read about 
recently, we're going to try to reintroduce that. But um, I think something is going to come. Now, it's not going to be the Freedom of Choice Act. It's probably not going to be called that. It'll probably not be quite as sweeping, but it'll be interesting to see what they uh, introduce. They're not giving up. You know, they're, they're going to come out and they're going to try to push the Freedom of Choice Act um, and uh, try to make uh, abortion, you know, as common as aspirin if they possibly can. So I, I think that, you know, we're going to see something about that. I, I don't know what, it's, what it is or what it's going to look like. It'll look a little bit like the Freedom of Choice Act that's watered down, I think, though. I, I recently went uh, on a trip to Madagascar. And I was talking with uh, one of the the head doctors at, at the Lutheran Hospital there in Madagascar, and um, I, I asked him. He said, "I said in America we have this this tragedy of abortion where, where women can can end the lives of their unborn babies." I asked him, "Is that here in Madagascar?" And he said, "Well, you know, it it happens, but it's not done at the hospitals. If it's if it's done, women are coming up with their own ways, or it's done, you know, sure. in secret." And the doctor's son was was sitting there, and he said, "Wait a minute, you mean in America, people can go get an abortion, like at hospitals?" And I said, "Yeah." And he couldn't believe it. And I, and I wonder if our society has come a little bit numb to to what actually an abortion is, or or it, it's so commonplace that it, it doesn't even strike us as uh, immoral action anymore. Yeah, I, I, it's it's we live in a very um we live in a time where I don't think these moral questions are, are really getting much traction anymore. Um, you know, just read, I guess it was yesterday, they came out with a new religious poll where uh, people were talking about their religious life, and fewer and fewer people than ever are say that their religion or have any religion at all, or even attend church. And I think uh, we're becoming more and more of a society that's, that is so secularized that the idea or questions of right and wrong really aren't asked anymore. They're, they're not really of concern. I mean, uh, what's concerned is that I live my life uh, the way I want to and uh, hopefully as healthy as possible. And, you know, uh, I, we need to get those religious people out of the way who, who start thinking about these moral questions. I mean, they're just, they're just holding us up from, the, from the, the reality of life, which for them is, is you know, maybe seven or eight years. So it's it's a real it's a real difference of mindset. It's a real difference of of perspective of what life is about, uh, how life uh, how we should proceed with our lives, who runs our lives, and all of these questions uh, come out. And the side of that there's a God in my life. He depends uh, on what I'm doing morally, or he certainly has cares about what I'm doing morally. He he. He instructs me through the Bible. He gives me a way of revealing his view of my life and how it should be run. These ideas are so foreign to so many people that uh, it's, it's almost laughable. And so I think that, that that's really the, the problem, is that we're becoming so secularized. The question about having an abortion, going to a hospital, for these people in Madagascar is just unthinkable. For us, it's just, that's just every day in the United States. It's, 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 get, it's getting worse and worse, and sadly, the only answer is, is Christ right? Uh, and you know, and, and the part of it, we don't have to see it. You know, with, with embryonic stem cell research destroying these embryos, or you know, even abortions, we we don't necessarily have to see that. But if, right. if, if this was killings that were coming, that were happening on our our doorsteps or the front streets, we would be outraged. You yes. Know? But because we don't have to see it, it it's it's okay. You know, we're a little bit okay with that. I I, th- I think that's part of the problem. Yes, is that it's 
we, we hide all the bad stuff. Yeah, you're right. And so we're, we don't have to look at it. We just have to look at our nice uh, buildings we work in and our nice homes we live in. And, and all the dirty stuff is just done by other people behind closed doors. So. When you were talking earlier about the, uh, the scientists governing uh, you know, what's right or what's wrong for us, uh, it reminded me of, you know, we just recently had a show about the uh, ideology of Darwinism. And it reminded me that, that you know, in, in the kind of the same way, those who advocate for Darwinian evolution kind of pass off the religious, like, okay, your creation story, it's, it's a neat story, and it's great for the, the Sunday school rooms, but come on, let's, let's get down and get to science. And, and, and really, I mean, if you're going to believe in creation, there, you're, there's no way you're going to be respected in, in, in higher academia. In kind of the same way, the scientists are saying, "All right, your 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 moral objective standards, your you know ethics. That, all right, it's time for you to go sit in the corner. We're going to do some science here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. It's just this kind of like you can't even play in the game anymore. Um, you're you're just so far outside of uh, what we think of as reality. Um, you know, and, and sometimes as a Christian, I think on myself, you know, uh, they're living, you know, in a dream world. I'm sure they consider me living in a dream world, that I, somehow the way I view the world is, uh, you know, it's just a, a made-up story. But to me, uh, they seem the same way. I mean, they seem to me like they've just created this whole idea of their lives, that here I am, I'm going to work every day, I work at this particular place, uh, I live, I put my kids and two kids in school, I have my Ford Explorer, I drive around, <laughs> and then 80 years it all ends. And, uh, and, and, and that's my reality. I mean, that to me is living in a dream world. That is a world of, of, of fantasy where, uh, for some reason, you, you fail to see anything that is beyond your senses. And so it's, it's, it's tragic. But uh, it, it's, so it's, like I said, they, we have this split of, of worldviews. One where somebody says, well, I, I think there's something beyond what I can see and perceive. And the other guy's saying, no, there isn't. And for you to even speak about that is something that I can't tolerate. And so we have these two, two, two views, and I think that uh, right now the view uh, that there's something beyond what I can see and feel is uh, totally uncool and out of vogue, uh, but I'll, I'll hold on to it to the end anyway. And uh, lastly, uh, Dennis, Let's say you know our listeners are listening to this program. They're wondering what what can I do? What what answer do you have? What what can we do? Right now, uh, there is very very little we can do regarding the stem cell issue. Um, uh, you know, elections have consequences, and this election uh, went the wrong way for the pro life community, and now we're bearing the fruits of it. Unfortunately, I don't think there's really any way to influence. I mean, people could write a letter to the NIH, but I really don't think there's a whole lot of room to influence what the NIH is going to do. Uh, it, 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 like I said, it might be worth a letter to a, a congressman or NIH, but I, I, I feel like right now we've 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 lost the election, and and this is the uh, this is the answer that they're going to come up with and that they're going to create. Hopefully, they'll limit this to uh, the least amount of embryo killing as possible and uh, take some kind of a view to that. Um, I think that's likely, but uh, right now, it's, it's really all up to, uh, like I said, these poor guys at NIH to decide uh, to, be, to be the moralist for the rest of the, of the country, and uh, that's not their place. And they should, they should get guidance from 
from the church, from the state, from ethicists, and from uh, moral leaders in the country. And unfortunately, we don't have a moral leader right now in the country, and he's just handing it off to to the scientists to do whatever they want. So I wish I could give you a better answer, Evan. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you for joining us today for Table Scraps. Well, thanks so much. Dennis DeMauro is the secretary of the National Pro-Life Religious Council and president of Northern Virginia Lutherans for Life, and he authored the book, A Love for Life, Christianity's Consistent Protection of the Unborn. So the question then becomes, why are we opposed to such things as abortion or embryonic stem cell research, which disposes of, of the embryos? Why are Christians opposed to this? Well, we find the answer every Sunday when we say the creed, that God has made all creatures. And as a creation of God, that we believe that Christ has redeemed all creation. As lost and, and condemned people, he purchased and won all of his creation from sin, death, and the devil. So we as Christians do what Christians have always done, protected the unborn because they are a creation of God whom Christ has died for. And that is the message I think that we need to go out and proclaim um, in these times as we consistently protect the unborn. Thanks for listening to Table Scraps. I'm Evan Gigline. And don't forget to chat with us on our forum about this very topic at tabletalkradio.org. Just click the forum button. See you next time on Table Scraps. Table Scraps.